Hey, Daryl, did you hear either the first one or the second broadcast yet? I heard part of the, se the second one, and you were saying something weird, like about how I make bad dad jokes. I mean, what's that about, yeah. yo? <laughs> yeah. It's now time for an episode of Just Two Canadians with Daryl, Shad, and our special guest, Dan, as he talks about his visit to a Winnipeg Animal Service location. And talking about locations, did you see the clip about the Calgary mayor stepping back after being questioned about defunding police? That's what she wanted to do, but she won't answer that question. Anyway, let's start with the show. I'm just learning about your story here today, so I, I did check out the video, but yeah, I was actually looking at like Manitoba trespass laws and stuff. I might bring it up later, but I was just curious how that all went down, but that's cool, man. Well, I actually did a quick audit earlier this afternoon, and apparently I don't understand. Animal Services has more power and more they they yield more power than any municipal, provincial, or government agency I've ever seen. They make a decision. It's final. You can't appeal it. It's it's crazy how much power this entity yields. It's mind-boggling. All right, so let's just get right straight to it. Uh, tell us just a tad bit about yourself. Introduce yourself. And what happened with the Winnipeg Animal Services? Well, I... Uh... I'm an amateur auditor. I started about 11 months ago. Um, very quickly grew uh, to uh, you know, what I I say grow, but it's uh, you know I have roughly 200 subscribers, and I uh, was away dealing with uh, a death in Calgary, and my dog was seized while I was away. I made it clear to everybody at Animal Services that I would be in their location on Friday to pick up my dog uh, after driving from Calgary to Winnipeg in record time, 10 hours. <laughs> I attended Animal Services with my video camera and my body camera going. I walked in there and demanded to get my dog or to meet with the COO. I was told he wasn't there. I sat back and conducted my audit very silently, not saying a word to anybody. Uh, the police were called. They were they were actually exceptionally well on this occasion. They I gave them an A plus. They had no problems with my recording. Uh, I went back two days later. Literally did a five minute audit. I ran into a Karen. Uh, because one okay, of before, the be, be, before we get into that part, okay, yeah, because I told you, I I have those two clips because yeah. they were priceless. I'm gonna say priceless. Um, just so everybody knows, Daryl Film Canada Press is here. Uh, I am but, here. <laughs> so now I listen, like not listen, but because it's on YouTube, I watched. Okay, Daryl, I watched on YouTube. Uh. The, um, the interaction with the manager and what was that guy? I didn't know if he was animal services or was he a security guard? Because I was kind of confused. The one in the white uniform? Yeah. He was 
he's a supervisor at animal services. He, yeah, that, that guy sent me a friend request after my first audit, which <laughs> was very surprising. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure was reprimanded for that because it's very unprofessional of him to send me a friend request after I was in there conducting an audit. Uh, it's funny in my first audit, I actually have them committing fraud 100%. They, uh, I asked about a complaint I had filed and they said they talked to me about it when I called in to 311. And if you see the audit, nowhere do they answer my question. Absolutely nowhere. And yeah. that's, that's fraud on a, by a city official. I can't believe they can get away with that. Yeah, but, they yeah. they they kept saying, "Well, you know, you're you agreed to the meeting, you agreed to the meeting," and it almost sounded like, "Well, I never agreed to no meeting," and it was it almost sounded like they were forcing it that you know that they're not going to help you, they don't care to help you, and you have to do what they say, and it just. I'm not going to say it surprises me, but it kind of go, wait, hold on for a second. Why would they want to hold somebody's animal longer than necessary? Because a lot of services know if you keep a pet away from the animal for a very lengthy time, the animal gets uh, sad, depressed. It just just loses itself. So I'm quite shocked that they will pull that to an animal owner who's there to go, look, I'm here to pick up my animal. Yeah, they're very, they're not very compassionate. I mean, they, they knew my, they knew what loss I had suffered. Uh, they showed no compassion. Uh, I have no problem in saying it and I don't, yeah, my son passed away. Uh, so that's the death I was dealing with and they had very little compassion for me. Um, animal services, it's guilty. It's just guilty. There is no innocent. They're just, the pets are guilty. Uh, I'm a so responsible. If I can just, if I can just uh, step in for a second, I just want to clarify, cause I don't think it was said yet on the, po in the podcast. Now, first of all, I just want to say, um, condolences for your son and welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you. Um, I, I just wanted to, to clarify. So the so you mentioned that they had seized your dog while you're attending this uh, service for your son in Calgary. So the situation was that they claimed that your dog had attacked somebody. Was that what was going on? Yeah. So the Sunday before I left to Alberta, uh, approximately two hours before I left, my neighbor claimed my dog bit one of her children. Uh, however, I have three witnesses that placed the dog in my home at the time of the attack. And I also have an eyewitness who spoke with her directly after the attack where she admitted she doesn't know what happened. So I don't know, in my opinion, that's, that's it. Investigation's over, right? Like, not to mention the fact that she has a dog of her own. So how does animal services know that it was my dog and not her dog? It's, it's, it's automatically guilty. 
automatically guilty. Yeah, it, it's it's just sad of how they how they like to, um, as you said, deduct their investigations. So, um, da, da, da. you uh, you stayed, and and that's the one thing about the video um, that. I think for a lot of people, including me, that you sticked your ground or you stood your ground. You were like, I'm not leaving. And they could say, well, we could, you have to leave. We will call the police. And they, and you were like, no, not only is my right to record, but I'm not leaving without my dog. And now I've heard the reputation with the Winnipeg police and, and I'm just going to encourage the, the listeners to watch the video, I will have the link to your YouTube in the description um, to watch because of what I've heard and some videos that I've seen of the Winnipeg police, these two officers that came up and you said it, they were professional. I was, not only I was shocked and amazed, but there weren't gun hold they weren't like hey you know this this and this and this and you know on the power trip um were you were you surprised about the professionalism from the winnipeg police not not really no uh i have done other audits on the wps and Nine times out of ten, they come out looking rather well. So uh, I did one today where they were an epic fail and refused to answer any questions on camera. Uh, however, they answered one question, so uh, it makes me think what they're hiding now. So now my opinions changed a little bit about the WPS after today's audit, but yeah. For the most part, they've always conducted themselves well when when dealing with me anyway. Uh, I think maybe that's because I'm not abrasive in my audits. Uh, I mean, when I'm dealing with the police, I'm not abrasive. I, I, I was abrasive with animal services at the beginning, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I um, again, Daryl could chime in anytime. I don't want people to think I'm over-talking Daryl, but uh, you were actually very good until that one point where you were like no like no i want my dog like no i so i could actually hear that the uh the passion and the uh commitment of you wanting your your animal back your dog back so it's not like you were you know gone ho like some people like you know getting in people's faces and calling them you know nasty words um i now i can't make excuses for winnipeg police of how they treated you today i know even after the death of uh sergeant Ar andrew hardnett the calgary police were were acting a lot different including that's when i got my stunting ticket so they were a lot different for a while. So Winnipeg police, because what happened in Edmonton, they could be like having this, okay, hold on for a second. You know, they might know you, 
but they they might go okay what are you really up to so it's that kind of tension um and so just I, to just to expand on that quickly before you go on yeah go ahead. i just want to point out through what he's talking about there is there was two officers who were killed I think on maybe March 16th, just a couple of days ago, there were two op yeah. police officers killed responding to a call here in Edmonton. And I have their names up here. It's Constables Travis Jordan, age 35, and Constable Brett Ryan, age 30. Basically, they went to a domestic situation and a 16-year-old boy was on the premises. They didn't realize he had a gun. And as soon as they arrived, they were ambushed and they were both killed. The kid then shot his mom and then took his own life. So... It was a situation nobody really expected, and now there's two police officers gone. So everyone's kind of reeling from that. Um, and obviously, like, there's some talk from the police, like as if you know, they're hoping that this is going to change, per, you know, perception of the police and stuff like that. You know, as as if what happened to these officers has anything to do with any other situation involving the police, or you know, it, it's not going to change perception of misconduct or anything like that but I, maybe they're going to try to use this as a way to bridge that sort of gap between like the, the public and the police again. I, I, I see that kind of angle coming from it, but that's the story that he's talking about there. I, I'm actually very familiar with that story. And oddly enough, a few days before that, they announced that they were getting body cameras for the police. And uh, I know Edmonton for sure, but it was like, literally days before these two officers were were taken in the line of duty that they announced that they were getting body cameras uh hopefully that brings about some change as well and and that but the problem i i know we're fully going off topic and this is going to be <laughs> um and when we talk about this dan if you want to be a part of this topic uh because i don't want to veer away from talking about what happened but i'm just going to say this because i'm going to repeat it on the next broadcast when we talk about this um is the problem with body cameras is the police could shut them off versus dash cams like the Calgary police have where they can't shut them off once they log in on the computer the dash cam is on the body cameras they could turn on and off as much as they want and we could talk about the case down in the States where they were all ordered to turn off their body cameras. But again, that's for the next broadcast. Um, and, and I've heard something more about that, but let's, let's not wear away because Daryl, Daryl, because Daryl's in Edmonton, I'm in Calgary. Um, I know he has a lot more insight. I did get some information today about that, but Let's just, um, so that's what I'm thinking. It's just because when Andrew, uh, Andrew Harnett, he was actually in my video. He's still part of my, um, my, um, intro video, uh, when he died, um, I got the whole, you know, um, how the Calgary city police, how they were acting was a lot different uh it was like they were like on pins and needles um so but again i i'm saying let's not get off topic look what i'm doing um but again our our hearts and thoughts and prayers do go to to those officers and to the families um 
as as me and Daryl have said in uh, I think it's the broadcast that on um, that should be getting broadcast soon um, because this one's probably going to be before that one uh, that we rather see good police than bad police but we do not want to see police officers get hurt or killed on a duty and then this happened. So, and I was at work when, when I got that alert, I, I, I was like, I can't believe it. So, um, yeah. We were all shocked. And I think even what Dan says about his experiences in Winnipeg, where like nine out of 10 times when he's dealing with the police, they at least get a, a, a general pass. Sometimes they even get a huge pass. I mean, that's been my experience too. Sometimes people like to paint us as though we're some sort of like anti-cop, anti-authoritarian, and like, you know, like as if we got some nefarious motive. There's nothing like that going on at all. We're, we're, we're auditors or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, recording, public, living our lives as we see fit with the freedoms that we're supposed to have in Canada. And if we see rogue cops acting like, like crazy, like acting like violating the law, yeah, we're going to stand our ground and we're going to call them out. But other than that, we don't have any ill will and we like to showcase good cops. We never want to see any cops get hurt. Yeah. I concur 100%. Yep. So, Back um, to so what I'm going to just say, um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Um, so I could get more water and, um, and get, or I think get my thoughts because this took a different twist on me, <laughs> big time. Uh, well, think, think, think of questions. Think of some questions you want to ask me. Oh, and, uh, yeah. I, I I got I got tons of questions, but just because of you talking about that, I I'm just kind of all twisted up now. And this is why I don't like to do the live shows because we can take <laughs> breaks and then I can collect my thoughts. Um, so we're just gonna take a quick break. But for you listeners, it ain't going to be a break because the show will continue now. Daryl just muted himself. Uh, All right, I'm so 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 we're back. Um, just quickly on our break, um, Dan, uh, because I'm not going to read the letter out uh, because to me, but I did read just the portions to Daryl so he understands the letter and and what it what it said okay um so before we get to the letter because daryl's probably gonna have a lot to say about that oh yeah um we're gonna talk about the second visit and you showed up as you said it was like two days later and probably for a lot of people they would probably will turn around and say hey crm Lesson for you. He goes back. Why why don't you go back? Many times I don't go back right away. Because I always have a list of places I want to go. So you went back. And the reason for the second time you went back was? Just to simply conduct. Well, actually, my dog contracted kennel cough. And the only place he could have contracted kennel cough is while in custody at animal services mm -hmm. so i attended had a polite conversation with a young lady at the counter 
uh, I asked her about the kennel cough and if they have an obligation to tell potential owners or adoptees that there's a kennel cough outbreak. She basically said no. I then went, sat in a corner and continued recording. Uh, I saw some volunteers walk in with a dog where I commented about how that dog's been exposed to kennel cough. Uh, the manager then came out on an, at one time and told me I was recording minors, which uh, I'll, I didn't. I'll, I'll play that clip in a second. So yeah. uh, that that uh, young lady, she was she was actually very very polite, very. Um, you could tell that she deserved a promotion. That's all I can say. I, I, I again at the end of my video, I gave her an A plus plus. She was exceptional. She was excellent at customer service. Yes, yeah. Where the manager got a big friggin' F. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. All right. So let's let's. I everybody for the three of us, we're gonna watch. Well, you guys listen to it. So here we go. My apologies, everybody. This is Shad. The audio recording from Dan's video was not able to be recorded. So you could check out his video on his YouTube channel. The link is in the description. Thank you. Let's get back to the show. It keeps playing my ear, but it doesn't play for you guys. Um, so she was like, you recording minors. Number one, there's technically no law against it. But number two, I love how she came up and accused you of something that wasn't proven. It, yeah, it was a, an extremely false narrative. Yeah, they that's, well, that's what they do. They twist their narrative, right? So... She twisted her narrative, and I mean, I explained to her I didn't engage anybody in conversation. Not one person did I engage in conversation. But she even she even admits that she's like, you're, you're like, well, I wasn't recording any minors. I didn't talk to any minors. And then she's like, yeah, you did. You're filming in the building. It's like um, that's not having a conversation with minors, dude. Like, where did you come up with that? And that's the narrative that they're going to use later when they call the police. Because they want the police to come in there already, you know, a little bit abrasive with you. They want you out and they're willing to say what they got to do to get you out. I've had people make up stories about Me Too at audits to get a police interaction. And it's like, you know, you got to be careful what you say on camera. That's defamation. And we'll talk about that, I guess, CRM on another show. I I forgot to hit the thumbs up. So I just did that for you right now, Dan. Awesome. <laughs> Thank that you, I appreciate <laughs> I just noticed I didn't hit it. So that was something where she, she's like, you have no respect. Excuse me. Why are you hovering over, over him? Like you're sitting down and she's hovering over you. Like I'm Mr. Giant. Like, really? That, that shows no respect. No, and that shows authoritism. If you ask me, but yeah, that's. Uh... Especially I, that when she walks away, she walks away and what's over her left shoulder but a, a camera taking pictures of everybody in the room 
So it's like, well, don't you have any respect? Did you ask people's permission to film them like that? But but it's for security reasons. It's to protect the employees. That's why we have those cameras. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. That that's I, that's I, what they. I've heard that so many times. Well, there's cameras there. Well, that's that's for security reasons to protect employees and bad people. Like really, <clears throat> but then then what did she do again? Go straight to the miners, and and for people to when they do watch the video, you're the camera's mostly on this black dog that had the haunted says adopt me on it so i just found it really funny that how uh she's making all these allegations now um you were there yeah. you you sat there because she said that she was calling the police the winnipeg police and you you sat there very patiently you you you're very polite i mean you gave you that know, you handled that good bro you 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 know you're you're asserting your rights and you're making sure she's calming down. You're not raising your voice at her, you're telling her she's causing a disturbance, which she was. That was good, man. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, at that point, the only one that was causing a disturbance or causing a scene was the manager. I was, when she came out that second time, I was sitting there quietly. There was, there was no minors there that time. And yeah, just that black lab. And again, exposed to kennel cough, right? So I had <clears> to make it be known that that dog potentially has kennel cough because they have they're derelict in their duties of not informing people so, so yeah so you sat there and waited for the Edmonton police how long did you stay there for uh i was there for four hours waiting for the winnipeg police to show up yeah yeah wow Four hours? Four hours, I, yeah. I um I don't know about Daryl, but for me, I think the longest I've ever decided to wait when someone said, Oh, we're calling the Calgary City Police was almost an hour. And I said I got to the point, it's like, okay, um, and taking advice from Mr. Nasty Daniel, like he 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 was like 45 minutes an hour. If they don't show up, they don't, they're not going to come because you're not high priority or it depends on what they say on the phone. Um, but for four hours, like that is patience because I, I probably would have went, yeah, see, told you they're not coming and probably would have left, but that that's, that's something. I mean, and that and that's why I did it was to prove my point that they weren't coming. I mean, I told her several times that they're not coming for a guy with a camera. Mm. Plain and simple. They weren't nah. coming for a guy with a camera. <clears throat> okay, before I go to my next thing, Daryl, you want to say anything? I just want to, so we're, we're going to get to the letter now, right? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I just want to just say literally the last part of the letter if that's okay with you, Dan. And then, okay. So, so you got this letter. I'm not putting any dates or anything because, um, but it says, and this is coming from animal services. Okay. The general manager of animal services says, uh, because of what you've done. And again, I, I'm paraphrasing. I want to put some humor in this. 
for for these reasons that you have done and made our employees sound stupid. No, no, I'm just kidding on that part. Uh, so this this letter is to serve you formal notice that your admission privileges have hereby being revoked permanently, affected immediately. So you got banned <laughs> from animal services. Yep, yep. I again, I a lifetime ban that I'm pretty sure can only be handed down by a judge. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, this piece of paper means absolutely nothing to me. It's not signed by a judge or even a police officer. It's by it's signed by the COO of Animal Services. Like his job is to make them money. He's the COO, and yeah. He signed this letter. So it was hand delivered to me, though. It was couriered <laughs> to me by the WPS, which I was quite surprised because I don't recall them being a courier service. Uh, they they showed up at my door the next day to hand me this letter. And I handed them a copy of the charter that shows them I was allowed to be there. And I slammed the door in their faces and they crumpled up my they crumpled up my document that I gave them, put it in my mailbox, but made sure this letter was nice and intact in my mailbox. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I don't know about Manitoba, and Daryl's gonna talk about um, what he knows, but here in Alberta, they cannot do lifetime bans or trespassing bans <coughs> because uh, I can't remember how long ago. It's been a while. Um, they said, what is life? Is life 25 years? Is it till someone dies? So now if, let's say, security guard says, you can't be in this mall and you're getting a lifetime ban. In Alberta, that's not legal. And they can't say, well, I gave him a lifetime ban because the, the courts will say, yeah. And that means what? Because what you was think what a lifetime ban is to him it could mean something different the, yeah yeah i mean so so okay my first question is this so this animal services building is this a public building or is this privately owned it's publicly run by the city of winnipeg okay so i don't know i know that in manitoba a trespass notice or whatever would be under the petty trespass act it doesn't sound to me you didn't get a ticket did you did you even get a trespass ticket nope nope so 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 i don't know how it works exactly in that situation so in alberta especially like let's say for an example if you're in alberta and and, and so i'm speaking with a little bit of experience because i've been through more i think of the sort of the, the complaint and appeal and court process maybe than canadian rights media because he doesn't really go into buildings, so he doesn't normally get those kinds of situations, except for a stunting ticket. Which hey, hey, hey I, I, I've, I've gone through <laughs> one trespassing charge from Edmonton and one through Calgary. Because the Calgary one, the Calgary City Police came. That's the one when I did the Alberta Works. And they came to my door. By time, like, I stood there at that location for like over an hour and Cogacy police and corn to the cop because he was there. He said, I miss you by five minutes. And he said, I would have given 
this to you at, uh, on the spot, but it, but by time I got it, it was close to the um, uh, limitations because he didn't know who I was. And the only reason how he found out who I was was from the CP rail police because the one officer that showed up in that one video, I used to work with that guy. And he and he thought everything what was happening was a joking matter. He actually put out a memo to the uh, the rail police about me. He said I would not, I would not know who you were unless I saw that memo. And he actually showed me the memo. He actually showed me the Calgary City Police memo. I even have a copy of the City of Calgary memo about me. So, um, but I've gone into buildings and. Animal services like you, Dan, um, um, I was actually across the street from animal services and bylaw. I was actually going to uh, visit them after this one place because one otter down the States actually got assaulted by this one company. So I decided to go see how the employees will treat me up here in Canada. And it was actually the bylaw officers were telling the city workers, he's allowed to do what he's doing, so leave him alone. Um, and uh, so uh, get back on track. So, yeah, uh, animal services are publicly owned buildings. The biggest question is this piece of paper that you showed me. I will 100% agree two things um, is one. It, yeah, it's signed by a manager. They can say straight out that, yeah, it is legal binding, but, you know, why didn't Winnipeg police set, turn around and go, okay, we're not going to give them this letter. Let's give them this official a summary, a ticket for people, and we can make it official. Um then giving them a piece of paper because literally, and me and Dan talk, that piece of paper is laughable because what if you have to go in for an emergency and they're going to deny you? It's just like a hospital turning around and telling a patient you can never come back and they show up with a knife in their chest and they go, sure, you're, you're not welcome back. Like, really? That's why, <laughs> that's why I say it's laughable. I liken it to being banned from the police station. If that's all, if if all it takes is me recording, I'm going to go back to the police station day after day after day, see if I can get banned from there, and that way I can never get arrested. Okay, right? Like, okay, how's how's this? You are now officially banned. No, okay, I don't have that power. <laughs> sorry. Okay, Daryl. Sorry, oh, sorry for I'll cutting get, you I'll, off. I'll get Adam Services to get me banned from the big police service. Yeah, maybe that will work. I mean, uh, yeah, again. The, the these people yield so much power it is beyond me uh, like i i have all these rules now around my dog for example he's been labeled dangerous i can't appeal that decision why can't i appeal it in in any judicial system i can appeal a decision uh, but apparently not with animal services that gives them way too much power uh, and and that's and that's why i'm doing these audits and i'm gonna challenge this ban i have every intent to challenge this ban if it leads to me being let out in cuffs i mean 
it's a misdemeanor at best. I'll be out in three hours. So, right? so that's, not, now, now, that's actually what I wanted to touch on. If I could just get back to my point there, because I, I kind of got overrun there for a second. We went <laughs> and, and Shad sometimes does when you, when you get him hyped up about, you know. No, no, no. Let, let, let me tell you something now. Go ahead, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, but like, that, no, that was my point was because I, I know it's not a trespass, but the, the point was that, so in, in Alberta, we have, we have two trespass acts. We have the Petty Trespass Act, which is for private property, and then we have the Trespass to Premises Act, which is for public property. And the, the leading case on that was a case of a 13-year-old girl who was, a, who was, she was involved in an assault, okay? on a LRT and she was banned for a period of time. And then that ban was extended because they caught her again on an LRT platform or whatever, but she was banned essentially from all ETS property for a period of time. And she took the, she took the city to court and said, okay, you're violating my section seven right to Liberty under the Canadian charter of rights. And the original judge agreed with her and said, and actually struck down the Trespass to Premises Act as unconstitutional, saying it couldn't be saved under Section 1. And one of her arguments, one of the judge's arguments, was that one of the reasons why it was, it, it was unconstitutional was because there was no appeals process. So you cannot unilaterally ban someone. You cannot ban someone for life. And you cannot ban someone in a situation where they don't have a right to appeal because it goes against the fundamental principles of justice which say that we have a right to, to a fair trial. So we have a right to defend ourselves against an accuser. You can't punish somebody and not give them a chance to say their side of the story. So that's when I heard that part of the letter to me, right away, you have an instant case that there's something wrong with what they're doing. And I, I think in and of itself, you're probably gonna get that letter either straight thrown out or they're gonna have to change their whole system of how they deal with that because that's, that's not, constitutional what they did to you and and i fully agree i thought maybe i could be banned for a duration of time you know six months a year but a lifetime ban is absolutely ridiculous what happens if my dog gets picked up and i have to go pick it up like and and, and as i said too what is lifetime ban they they can say until the day you die i could turn around what life lifetime could be a year Right. So to me, like that, that just opens up the kind of worms. Um, and we don't even allow that for criminals. Like even there's there's a few high profile cases of guys that ended up getting like multiple life, like like consecutive life sentences. So they're technically serving 75 years in jail. OK. And even now they're trying to overturn that law so that it would reduce it to 25. It would become con concurrent instead of consecutive because they're basically saying that's too cruel. That's against our, our justice system to put people away for 75 years. So are they going to try to ban you from the property for 75 years when they don't even ban like mass murderers and stuff? That's crazy. There's no way that that's ever gonna stick, right? In the court of law. I, I can't see it sticking. I, I am gonna challenge this ban. Yeah, I'm gonna challenge this ban right through. Yeah. So, uh you just like daryl who got slapped and if you if you're new listening just to this episode listen to the one prior where daryl got slapped and not 
officially slap, but he gig. loves to say it in exactly that way that I got slapped. <laughs> That's why I titled it the way that I did. Uh, I, I thought it was just funny. But you decided to, Dan, to slap back. I did, most certainly, yes. Uh, and I, not in a violent way. Just so everybody knows, not in a violent way. But not in no. a violent way at all. No, I uh, I filed a complaint with the Manitoba Human Rights Commission against the city, uh, the WPS. I won't say the officer's badge number, but there's a specific officer. Uh, my complaint got signing approval from the Human Rights Commission, and they do not hand those out like candy. So there's merit to my complaint. And now it's gone before the investigative aspect where they'll determine what what's the next steps. If they're going to try to see if the city will settle or if they, they're going to ask me what I expect from the city and... Yeah, so I slapped back. I most certainly did slap back, and we'll see. We'll see what becomes of that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but it, it can't be too good. It cannot be too good. And I, I'm looking at slapping back again with this ban because, again, this ban is, in my opinion, uh, just a waste of paper. And I plan on slapping back with that too. So uh, there's going to be lots of slaps going around. <laughs> I really don't recommend using that term because slap is a derogatory term. Again, I mean, that's, that's a strategic thing where you're filing a, a nuisance lawsuit in the hopes that the other person doesn't have the resources to defend themselves. That's what a, a slap is like, you know, the police or the city try to sue you just hoping to like use up your resources so that you can't take them to court for like mistreating you or something. And so I, I, it sounds really funny though, but I wouldn't really recommend calling it a slap. You're just, you're defending yourself, right? You're defending yourself against a situation where you did nothing wrong. You're engaged in a constitutionally protected activity. You're there to pick up your dog who's been seized, possibly seized without justifiable cause. And then you get this sort of angry front desk manager or whatever coming out, making accusations at you and kind of defamatory comments and stuff like that. So like, you know, you haven't done anything wrong. Like that's, that's, it's important to remember that in all of this. And, and you're going to learn through this, like this sort of the litigation process that they've got a lot of tricks up their sleeves. You know um, they're going to quote certain cases to you and try to claim that, they don't have every one of their actions doesn't have to be exactly perfect, but they just have to fall within an umbrella of possible outcomes. And they're going to try all these tricks to get out of this. But at the end of the day, the important thing for our viewers to understand is that Dan didn't do anything wrong. All right. He's not guilty of any crime. He was not charged with anything. He was not detained. He was not uh, given any fine. All right. And they have not been able to point a finger at anything particular that he did which caused, which was illegal or which caused any real distress to anyone other than this front desk manager. So we got to remember those kinds of things. We're going out and doing audits and stuff like that. And maybe that's something we need to talk about more CRM. If you want to talk about like, you know, how you actually engage in a, in an audit and how do you deal with those kind of Karens of the world that, that want to go off on a, on a vengeance quest because they don't like what you're doing. And that'll be a future show. Just, uh, because we're kind of winding down. Um, 
I think a lot of people, and probably including myself, um, who are listening, would like to know, how is Puppy doing? Jasper is doing better. His cough has subsided. Uh, he has his bark back now. He is back in his rightful place where he should be with his companion, his owner. Uh, he's very happy to be taken out on 10 kilometer walks again. He's doing very well. Yeah, very well. Now, Daryl, should Dan have a final word or do you want to say a corny joke? A corny joke? Well, uh, I, I don't know. You guys do anything for St. Patty's Day? Did nothing for St. Patty's Day. <laughs> it was uh, the first day. What's that? It was the first day I had nothing going in three weeks. So, yeah, I did nothing St. Patty's Day. Yeah. I, I actually told a joke to a leprechaun and he loved it. He was doubling over in laughter. <laughs> hey, come on, Shad. That was pretty good. Oh my Shad goodness. Shad is silent with despair over that one. Oh. Two eggs are in a pot. The water gets boiling hot. One egg said, Oh, great, my crack's showing. The other egg said, Hey, be quiet. I'm not even hard yet. <laughs> wow, you went there, huh? Oh, I went there. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember the other ones that I heard this week, but they're not coming to me. Anyway, <clears throat> as we come to a closing, uh, we'd like to thank our guest, Stan. Again, his YouTube description will be, or link will be in our description. Thank you for listening. Um, and, uh, oh, just so everybody knows, please follow us on your favorite broadcast platform, just in case if you phone us through our YouTube channels. Uh, we do have a website, so you can listen to us on that website, or you can find us on Apple, Spotify. We're now on iHeartRadio and uh, Amazon Music. Yeah. So, yeah. Send us your requests for, like, topics you guys want to hear about. Send us your corny jokes, questions, comments, all that stuff. Thanks everyone for joining us on Two Canadian Broadcast. Don't forget to like us, subscribe, pretend you think we're funny, make a comment, whatever you like. But thanks for joining us. Make sure that you never give up your rights to speak freely, film in public, and always keep it on a positive note. Remember, we're in this together. Peace out for Two Canadian Broadcast. Just Two Canadians was produced by Shad and Darrow. Music by Eddie H. After Party. If you'd like to donate to help our little broadcast, please do so. It's, the link is in the description. <laughs> yeah, I, don't make me don't make me start whipping up the dad jokes, man. I got several at the ready, so just, just to oh. let you know, man. Hey, Daryl. What's blue and not heavy? What? Light blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs>